Hour number three. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. The bottom of the hour. We're giving away tickets to all 10 days. All 10. The Badlands Music Festival. We're asking you a 960-960 name and location. Michael Stone's shot was harder than blank. Michael Stone's shot was harder than blank. 960-960 name and location. Joining us right now, though, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. He covers the Flames for Sportsnet. We say good morning to Ryan Leslie. Sir, how are you? Good morning. How are you, boys? Good. Where, where do we find Ryan Leslie this morning? <laughs> Dropping my oldest off at summer school. Oh, wow. Well, summer school? We run a tight ship over here, George. Okay. Again, uh, again, do maybe, maybe Ryan, maybe I should have. Every, maybe I should have taken. league. Okay, I like it. Uh, maybe I should have taken school more Education seriously. I would have got a real future. job um, down right? in my life. Well, we don't. Thank God there's still a job for C-plus students, but uh, we're going to yep, set the bar true. a little higher over here. Did I send you my high school transcript before the interview? How did you know I was a C-plus student? Um, I'm guessing it sounded a little bit like mine uh, if George slash Ryan would only apply himself. <laughs> yes! Yeah, and he makes too much comments in class. I got that one a lot, too. Yeah, I got a lot of... A lot of uh, very questionable comment. Yeah, on report oh, card of course. Yes. Yeah, it was good. Um, I tried to hide that from my dad. The report card. Um, Ryan, mine's framed. Yeah. <laughs> um, wanted to ask you, how surprised are you right now that we really don't have a concrete answer on the futures of Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm? Not surprised at all. I mm. think uh, as we got closer to the draft, the uh, the draft. Sorry. Um, I started to hear word that it was going to be to Foley um, and that, uh, Hey, things may change between now and, uh, or certainly the draft and, um, you know, opening day of camp, but I didn't expect that those Michael Backlund's Noah Hannafin's Elias Lindholm scenarios would play out. And I same goes for, you know, the, the trickle down of uh, say a uh, Chris Tanov and others. I think everything's still in that, Let's wait until we get clarity on some of these guys, but also the best offer um, or the best uh, case scenario. So I think much like we've heard and said, and everybody else has, you know, the conversation surrounding Craig Conroy at the draft was he wasn't getting the offers. You could read in between the lines and saying uh, they're trying to lowball a first year general manager. He's aware he's not new. Um, but he is also not new enough to realize he's not just going to give away such talented players in the prime of their career as well. So um, he's no dummy. He's going to figure this out, you know, figure out what the best timing is and the best case scenario for his club. And, hey, it wouldn't surprise me, boys, if they start this whole thing uh, with these players to the start of camp. There's a very realistic possibility that those players are in camp and start the season with the Calgary Flames. It might be a little awkward for some. But it could happen, and uh, here we are in July, and uh, yeah, it's it's a matter of uh, just waiting and seeing, and, and hopefully, I mean, that's what we do, but Craig's uh, got an opportunity to, uh, to make those moves as he sees fit and uh, gets the right return, and that's really what it's all about. He has to get some of this stuff right. In in terms of a return, uh, you mentioned the Tyler Toffoli trade. I know a few people were a bit surprised 
but then it, when you really look at the age and stage of Tyler Toffoli and his career, maybe you're not as surprised. But the fact that, you know, a trade market was supposed to form for, for Noah Hannafin, and it still could, but he, he's still kind of hanging around. And there are still some of those assets that the Calgary Flames could play with if it gets to that point. But considering where teams are at with the salary cap and signing players and, and even some of that trade market, like how surprised are, have you been with the fact that at least some of it has dried up potentially for the Calgary Flames? Or, or do you see it differently? Yeah, I think it's been pretty quiet, um, you know, all around. And that maybe is a bit surprising that it is as quiet as, as it has been um, surrounding the player. And not to suggest that uh, there isn't suitors and teams that want him, but it's been quiet around him uh, right now. Um, but there's teams with various priorities, uh, their own in-house things that they've got to take care of. And certainly needs that they have to identify. I think this is a great player if we're talking about Noah Hannafin, and I think this is a player that absolutely loves Calgary, loves Craig Connor, has a great relationship with him, but isn't the point now where he is at pre-agency, and he has really been struggling with the whole process, and, you know, about the idea, because, again, he and his family absolutely adore it here. They they think the world of the city, and, and certainly uh, um, management, the team, and certainly the coach as well. So, um, you know, it's at a point where I'm a bit surprised that maybe some team hasn't jumped up and gone with it, but I just think that the offers uh, are going to change as we get a little later on and needs, you know, you go through that first wave of what does your team need? And then you go through your, your next, uh, you know, order of business, whatever it is that you start with the draft, you go into free agency and, and then you kind of weigh things out, and then you've got to figure out, okay, how much room do you have? Okay, what about the cap? And this is a player who's going to probably get paid for the next, well, he's got one more year at this payday, and then he's going to you know, sign an eight-year deal somewhere and who in all likelihood wants to be able to say to his family uh, back in Boston, okay, it's going to be a little bit easier travel, whatever it looks like. Um, so, yeah, I bit surprised that there isn't a ton of action, but also in the same breath, just sort of saying, okay, I I didn't anticipate it. And I think it's going to play itself out the way uh, it should, but you know, teams and injuries and everything else needs, they all start to, uh, to change as you get a little closer to uh, the end of summer and then into, into the season. So lots of time. And certainly that's a really, the flames, if they did have to retool on the fly, they've got some pieces to do so. So, um, while it will be tough for a lot of fans to sort of digest sort of this um, right now, the lack of, you know, where they see the direction going, certainly Conroy has a plan and that's still to win, but also to integrate young players. But for fans, they kind of want to know, okay, what are we doing? What, what's going on with this player and that player? And so I, I get all that, but it's, uh, I think from everybody's standpoint, it's just a hang on and wait and see. With that in mind, if you were Craig Conroy, what pieces would you want out of a Noah Hannafin trade? Well, I think you got to remember, this is a top five pick. And, you know, he's a, what is he, 26 years old. He's got 500 games under his belt. He's a puck-moving defenseman, and uh, he's low-maintenance as it gets. I mean, the kid is just, uh, you know, so good back there for so many ways. He's good in the room. He's You don't have to worry about him. He just gets the job done, and, He's a he's quietly become more of a leader as well. So he's a player that I think would covet uh, quite a bit. I'm not going to say no. He deserves first in a prospect or or whatever it is. Especially when you got to figure out what what Craig is trying to do 
with that piece philosophically. Like, is it, you know, I think it's a, we're in a situation where as you, if you do look at the Toffoli scenario, um, you know, they're getting a player that they feel can step in younger, can resign here and, uh, and hopefully be, you know, at that window where he's about to pop and Noah's no different. Um, he's younger than Toffoli. He's, you know, still, he's just entering the prime of his, his career. So I would think that the return should be <clears throat> something along the lines of, you know, maybe a first rounder and a, and a high end prospect, but Hey, you got to figure out what the offers are and you got to figure out what your direction is and what you need uh, back there. Cause he's a good player and he's a good piece. Um, do you think, what are the chances Michael Backlund's coming back? Do you think that's just tied to the captaincy, whether or not he gets it? No, no, no. I think, uh, you know. But, that, but that'd be a big a, carrot for him to stay, though, right? If if they want to name him the captain, that would obviously, I'm sure, weigh on his decision. I don't I don't think that's hmm. as big a deal as maybe we we might want to think that that's, that's not uh, as big a deal. I don't believe anyhow. I could be way off base on that one, but no, I think this, uh, this is a player who's been here since day one of his career. It's a player who's done a lot in the community. It's a player who's done a lot on the ice and I can't help but think these are my thoughts. Nobody else is uh, certainly not back ones, but uh, you know, I can't help but think you wonder, okay, if he does decide a, a fresh start is where he wants to be, he's earned that. Um, know just how good and how underrated he is and how highly regarded he is around the league though uh players know right and this is a good player and uh i don't know if he comes back i i I don't think he does um i Hmm. think it might be a scenario where he is uh time for a fresh start but uh you never know and michael Backlund is loyal if nothing else and uh a true professional so um i kind of think he uh he will be a player who takes his talents elsewhere. But again, crazy things happen. And here we are in July and it's kind of a tough one to predict what goes on between now and, and September and how those negotiations go. But, um, you know, the dialogue between Craig and all of those players and the relationships between Craig and all of those players rock solid. So, you know, this, this is a good thing. And, uh, Again, here in July, we'll see how it plays out, but I, I don't think he'll be back. Uh, and again, he could very well be in a scenario like we've just discussed about starting the season in Calgary, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. But uh, will he re-sign? My opinion is no. Well, I, I get that the Flames are in. It could get to a point where a lot of those players on expiring contracts could start the year. But what do you think of the fact that there is that risk where maybe say Lindholm plays and he suffers a season ending injury and you're not able to uh, max out whatever asset you can for him, or you have to kind of deal with that, whatever injury injuries come, or maybe the team plays well and you're in a harder situation where maybe you shouldn't offload assets. Like what do you think of the risks that come with letting all of those contracts begin the season and play with that risk of letting them go for nothing? It's a, it's a real life scenario that could real, really bite you in the rear end. And you don't want to, I mean, in one breath, you're like, well, you've got these pieces. You can hang on to them in case other teams get injured or the trade deadline, the value goes, Oh, what do you mean? What if, like you said, one of these players were to get injured. And then again, you're sort of like, well, why didn't you move them? Something's better. That's the, that's part of fandom that is, you know, not living in the GM shoes. The GM has to walk that very fine line. 
doesn't he? Of, uh, you know, when to move him, get good value, but also not potentially risk losing that player due to injury or any other scenario. So, you know, a holdout or whatever. So, yeah, it's a it's a delicate balance for sure, Julian. I just think that uh, that you've got to try right now. It's okay to kind of hold out and kind of see where some other things and other organizations unfold. And uh, and again, the dialogue things heat up, things pick up, things slow down, and then all of a sudden it's right back on again. And you know, you can look at a lot of examples of that recently, even around this organization last year. The whole um, Nazem Kadri thing, it was heating up, it cooled down, and then it got right back going again. And the Sean Monahan scenario, and certainly the Matthew Kachuk thing. So there's ebbs and flows, aren't there, boys? And it's just uh, yeah. why we love it. But uh, but it's certainly uh, a case where there is there is no knowing anything at this point. Craig is still, you know, obviously with development camp and and more free agency and ensuring up his own team. He's got to figure out when the best timing is that we'll get him the best return. And I think, again, we just kind of, as people who are looking in from the outside, it, it's real easy to speculate, but I think it's a little trickier when you try and gauge the market. Phone calls from the GM are, are one thing, but uh, pulling the trigger on, on some deals that you can live with uh, and saying goodbye to somebody in the prime, man, you got to be able to sleep at night. And I think Craig's got a, is doing a good job at least of, of weighing everything out. And, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll wait and reserve judgment for when it actually happens, but, uh, he's very familiar with the player and he's very familiar with what he wants to do. So hopefully it all lines up and gets everybody's maximum return. Flames host for Sportsnet, Ryan Leslie joining us here on the Atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline, big show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan, uh, Ryan, does it feel like Chris Tanev's the forgotten guy in all of this? He's a guy heading into the final year of his deal heart and soul type of guy, gives his body, throws his body on the line every single game. Are we not talking enough about Chris Tanev's future with the Calgary Flames? Yeah, I would agree with that, George. I would say uh, this guy is a complete warrior, uh, veteran, proud guy, loyal guy, um, who wants to see also what the direction is uh, of this team as well. Certainly these guys have conversations going on within their group. You know, they're talking uh, about everything. Everything's on the table. So, this is a player who I think would be a really nice uh, piece going forward for any organization, be it an ad, a veteran uh, now or the deadline. Um, or if you're in the case of the Calgary Flames, pardon me, you'd like to, um, you know, like to hang on to this guy, but depending on, you know, he's in his, he's entering his final year. So what does that look like at his age? And, you know, I just think the world of that guy, as far as a person, as a hockey player and, I just think that uh, any, anybody who's watched him, anybody who's played with him or against him, has nothing but respect for the way he goes about his business. And uh, that'd be a nice ad, either short-term here or uh, short-term, maybe even longer elsewhere. I don't know how long this guy can play at that level with, uh, with the style he plays and with his age, but I know right now he's still a very valuable asset that uh, – GMs are very aware of. So, yeah, that's another great piece um, if you had to. And I am probably with you, George. I, I don't know as though we're talking about him enough, only because there's maybe more pressing uh, situations with uh, a different age bracket and uh, future. 
I want to transition from pending free agents to uh, behind the bench. Uh, earlier this week, we got to talk to Mark Savard, uh, the new assistant coach for the Calgary Flames. I was just curious about uh, your thoughts on uh, that particular hire. On who I lost to there. Sorry, Julie. Oh, I just want to know your thoughts on uh, Mark Savard being named uh, to the, to the uh, Calgary Flames bench as uh, the guy in charge of the team's forwards and power play. Yeah, I, I'll be real transparent. I haven't seen a lot of his uh, games that he's coached. Uh, I remember him here as a player, certainly around the league uh, as well. Uh, the praise is pretty good for the way he runs a power play. Had, you have to think that was instrumental for um, his hire. Um, and you know, I think Ryan Huska has a vision of what he wants and areas he wants to improve and the type of person he wants back there behind the bench. There's some familiarity, certainly, with McLean and LaBarbera. Um, uh, and I think when you factor in what Savard did as a player and what he's doing at the junior ranks, again, I haven't really broken that down. Um, but all reports are this guy can run a power play. and Boy, isn't that good news for Flames fans because they would – they would love to see uh, that power play become even more of a weapon. So, yeah, I mean, I wish I could sit here and tell you all the great things about his record and efficiency rates and all the analytics, but uh, I just haven't seen enough of the teams that he's coached. But uh, by all reports, it's uh, it's a guy who can get it done with uh, with the power play. So that's encouraging. Is, is an under-the-radar storyline heading into camp here, Ryan, would be uh, the goaltending situation if they do have Ladar, yeah. Wolf, and Markstrom all here? Pardon me, that's a fascinating one, isn't yeah. it? Because you've got to get Markstrom to bounce back. And your scenario of who is your number two guy um, intrigues me, like it does a lot of people. because, And that's what we asked Craig at his availability after uh, the free agency uh window closed and that was you know you know is i asked him is he ready to be an nhl goalie and uh in dustin wolf sorry and um you know he i believe craig thinks he is um now it's is where's the spot for him is it number two is it a little bit more time uh in the american hockey league where we all know he's done just about everything there is to do at that level so you'd think he'd graduate to this, but we've got a bit of a log jam and that's a healthy issue to have. Uh, Dan mm-hmm. Lidart, he is very appealing um, from the standpoint of his work uh, so far. I think he's ready to take another step. I think he's good in the room. I think he's somebody who's dedicated to taking another step. Um, he's a big boy. He's a good guy to have in and around any locker room. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how this one plays out, but it sure feels as though Dustin Wolf is ready. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you guys have batted around the idea, even in fantasy land, about the idea, well, what mm-hmm. if you know, Jacob Markstrom were to be the guy that moves on? That's a pretty healthy big what if, but I'm sure everybody's talked about it. Um, could you live with the other two guys, given your direction? I still think you know, the direction is to go out and win, and I still think Jacob Markstrom is your the best guy to give you that chance, the guy to give you the best chance at doing that. So I don't know if that's, it's likely uh, all crazy talk, but um, again, if we're talking retooling on the fly, you just never know what scenarios pop up. So yeah, I like, I like the backup conversation and I can't wait to see it play out. Like that's one in camp that I think all eyes are going to be on. 
can Dustin Wolf force the hand of Craig Conroy mm. and Ryan Huska to the point where we got to keep this guy? And that's really, when we look at battles and open spots and areas that we're intrigued by, that has to be one of the number one scenarios that we can identify today yeah. in July and say, that's one I'm going to keep an eye on. What are you expecting out of Oliver Shillington? Yeah, that's a good one too. Um, I mean, I don't know how much you guys have seen him play, but a pretty good, uh, you know, puck moving defenseman. He does make uh, some mistakes. He's a bit of a riverboat gambler. Uh, he's athletic. He is uh, a pleasure to be around, cover, gives you good insight. Um, he's got confidence. I'm really hoping to see that confidence come back in his return, uh, given how long he's been out of, uh, of the National Hockey League. Um, but I think there's another conversation that I don't know how much you guys are talking about it or the fan base are, but I think everybody's intrigued to see what version you get from Oliver Shillington who can skate and hopefully, you know, it's going to take time, but boy, he was playing with Chris Tanev before and you're like, okay, we're starting to see this, but doesn't Chris Tanev do that for a lot of people, right? Like Hughes, Shillington and others, those just jump out. And he, he was getting the most out of Shillington. Although I think Chris Tanev could make the three of us look pretty good too. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, I can't wait to see what version we get. He's a, he's a good hockey player who maybe some time away, uh, at least on the hockey side. And that's all we'll stay with is that maybe, you know, sometimes you gain that perspective and another year older, another year, more maturity. And, uh, I don't question his conditioning. I don't question his fitness levels or whether or not uh, he's passionate about playing. I just want to see him not only get back to where we think he was trending to maybe even taking another step. That might be a bit much to ask, but uh, certainly Calgary would take it. I asked this question to Eric Francis earlier this week, and I'll ask this to you, Orion. Oh, um, God. <laughs> do you think uh, if the Flames had to go down that path, there is some way they could actually do the tear it down to the studs rebuild? Yeah, I think they could, but I, I'm not sure ownership... Uh, wants that. I'm not sure other individuals want that. I'm, I'm, I know there are some that do. So how do you appease everybody, right? With your first year GM and you only got so many years in your contract and your boss is saying, I want to win. And you, maybe you've got somebody else in here saying, well, the right thing to do is tear it down. So that's, that's what I respect about the job that Craig has to do now is <clears throat> pardon me. Keep uh Keep the star players happy and motivated and, and throw them some help with others and yet incorporate young guys to be a healthy functioning system, American Hockey League level and National Hockey League level. So that's the tricky balance. It's a real fascinating um, tightrope act. He has to walk and, uh, and he's seemingly this early on doing it the right way. A bit of patience, make a few moves have a successful draft by all accounts. Again, haven't seen a lot of those guys, but I, I've talked to some players or rather coaches who, uh, who've had those players that Craig drafted, you know, just rave reviews on how Craig did at the draft. Plus he also got players that he wanted going into the draft, but he actually got the players he wanted, not just who was next up on the list. So, okay. So here we are in July and now you've got development camp. So yeah, I, I just think, in a long-winded way of saying, I think he's got to walk the the line 
while doing it the right way, healthy, responsible. He's up against the cap. He's got some hard decisions to make. And I think a little bit of perspective, a little bit of patience. I think he can, uh, I think he can kind of please everybody in the direction they want. I think you're not going to get every fan happy with the way the direction is all the time. That's impossible. But for the decision makers, I think he's, he's got that right feel for, okay, I've, I've done this. Look, if you have to justify what you've done in the end of his term as GM, okay, well, I put young players in place um, that are younger, more affordable, and about to hit their prime. Uh, but I've also kept and gotten maybe the most out of some veterans who were here who needed bounce-back seasons. You know, he, that to me is a, like, look at every flame that needs a bounce-back season. If he can get that, half of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> pardon me, I think then he's going to be in a, in a good position when you realistically sit back. Is a Stanley Cup right now realistic? doesn't seem like it. Right. Um, but I think if you get bounced back years from key guys and you implement younger players and people kind of get used to the, the new direction of this team, whatever it is by the time camp opens, I think you can say, all right, maybe I, maybe I retooled, maybe I didn't rebuild, maybe I sort of added, and maybe I just improved. I will say it will be a lot lighter around there this year for those players. Extra motivation. There's, you know, final years for some guys. If you want to be moved, they're going to play well. There's, there's lots of dangling carrots, I guess is what I'm saying. Lots of motivation to mm-hmm. kind of have Craig do what he needs to do to make this fan base feel a little bit more comfortable about, uh, you know, what's been a pretty uh, turbulent offseason. Uh, Ryan, we really appreciate your time this morning, but I have to ask you before I let you go, uh, Michael Stone deciding to hang it up after a 12-year NHL career. Uh, give us your favorite Michael Stone story. Well, I've been around that guy since uh, he played junior here uh, with the Hitman, and, you know, I just, I don't know if I've got a, point to its story. I've always, his perseverance, actually, let's be realistic. He had a, yeah. a blood clot in his lung. He was bought out. He kept coming back and earning contracts, getting double dip contracts, like bought out and then re-signed like, well done. Like I tip <laughs> my cap to you, sir. Um, when you're drawing two checks and I just, all jokes aside, that guy's a pro. He's got a cannon of a shot. He was just low maintenance, a good soldier, perseverance, and and just one of those guys that you root for, even quietly in a sport where you're not really probably rooting uh, for anybody at this point because you you watch everything day in, day out. But there, there's a guy you just kind of go, okay, um, you can kind of get behind that guy. And away from the cameras and the microphones, you he can have really good conversations with him. He's he's an avid sports fan. He's a family man. Um, and he was, you know, through and through bled Calgary colors. So um, great career. Uh, really, really good person. And uh, wish him the best in this new role and looking forward to seeing him around the rink. Uh, Flames host for Sportsnet, Ryan Leslie. Ryan, always a pleasure. Thanks for this, pal. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Uh, there he is in the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. Speaking of Michael Stone, hung it up, 
yesterday after a really nice 12-year career in the National Hockey League. 552 NHL games, 41 goals, 145 points, 228 games with the Calgary Flames. We're asking you on the text line, 960-960, name and location. We're giving away tickets to all 10 days of the Badlands Music Festival. You can go any day you want. You can go to one day out of the 10. You can go to all 10. You can go to half of them, whatever you want. We're giving tickets away to that to this question at 960-960. You have to put your name and location to win. Michael Stone's shot was harder than blank. Michael Stone's shot was harder than blank. 960-960, name and location. Our Sportsnet 960, the fan. Text ring robot. Texty McTexerson is next. Your text messages for a chance to win an awesome prize is straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. A uh, couple housekeeping things uh, to take care of before we give away... Um, the tickets for all 10 days of the Badlands Music Festival. 10 days, all 10 of them. Um, some Calgary Flames news. Some A uh, couple minor transactions. Uh, Julian McKenzie is in for Matt Rose today and tomorrow. He's been here all week. Uh, do you want to share with our listeners what the Flames did here? Uh, ben Jones and uh, Matthias Emilio Pedersen signing one-year two-way deals at 775K each, you may remember, uh, they were qualified as RFAs last week. Both had uh, pretty solid years this past year with the Wranglers as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our Frank Saravalli is going to join us tomorrow. Hearing mm-hmm. that uh, Philippe uh, Zadina will be on unconditional waivers at noon Eastern today for the purposes of a multi- uh, mutual contract termination. Uh, he's going to uh, forego his $4.56 million remaining on his deal, seeking a fresh start elsewhere. Uh, huge courage to bet on himself, according to Frank. I think he'll have some suitors. Yeah, I think. Uh, I should think the Calgary Flames be interested in Zadina? He would fit what the team would want in terms of bringing younger players. Mm-hmm. If he's willing to sign a deal that's closer to league men, that might that would also help his case as well. I think the reason why he didn't get the suitors, maybe he expected, perhaps through trade, uh, and also when he was put on waivers. I believe his contract, his AAV, is at one point eight two five. Uh, for the least this season, this season coming in the next one after, uh, for a guy who I think had three goals last year, that might be a little too expensive of a risk considering that some teams are so close to the cap. But if you were able to get a Philip Zadina at a much cheaper rate, you're willing to have that conversation. Uh, doesn't it feel like he's going to sign like a one year show me contract yep. here? Hundred percent. It could work out that way. Absolutely. A guy who was taken so highly in the ahead of Brady Kachuk, ahead of Quinn Hughes. Yep. Was oh, the, no, he, was yep. he ahead of Brady Kachuk? Uh, no, he wasn't. He, I, he was definitely ahead of Quinn Hughes. That I know that yeah, for sure. Yeah, sorry. He was just after Brady Kachuk. Yeah. Yes, Barry Cock and Yemi went yeah. there too. But you're right. The pick ahead uh, was Quinn Hughes went to the Canucks right after. Yeah. and Which uh, was an okay pick uh, by the Vancouver Canucks. It did okay. Yeah. Uh, but Zanina's a guy. I saw him play for the, uh, the Czechs at the World Juniors in Buffalo. He was dynamic out there. He was far and away the best player on the ice. And all of a sudden, hey, again... Uh, Mark Savard told me this way back when in Toronto. He goes, the step from the OHL to the AHL is one. The step from the AHL to the NHL is like five. So yeah. it's a big, big difference. But again, hey, Philip Sedina, I'm sure somebody's going to take a chance on that guy. And potentially maybe uh, he turns out to be that guy we all thought he was when he was taken so highly in the draft. Or he's in Europe within the next couple of years playing uh, in Europe for one of those teams, which is fine. 
The goal scoring was supposed to be the big sell with Philip Zadina. That's why he, he made that uh, proclamation that the the teams uh, who uh, passed on him is going to fill the net with so many goals, right? Like, yeah. maybe there's still something I love in that. It. You know, like... Like the Shane Wright thing. Oh, he was staring down the Habs. Here's the thing. I don't so have a, angry. I don't have a problem with people no. putting that on their chest. But just keep it to yourselves. Maybe, keep it to yourself. But also the idea that, like, I'm going to make these teams regret passing on me, like... I would like for players to say something different. I don't know. I feel like we've heard that through some variations so many times. And I'm like, okay, I'm over it. All right. You didn't get picked fifth or fourth or whatever. Like, all right. I've, I've heard this before from so many people. That's my thinking. Yeah. Uh, be interesting where he ends up. Uh, we'll talk to Frank tomorrow as we're on the, uh, we're on location tomorrow. We're doing, um, we're broadcasting live from the parade route, the stampede parade route. Uh, we'll be there 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Come say hi. Yeah. Um, be cool. Um, you just got to get through our muscle, Shan, the intern. Um, do you have a Wimbledon report ready for us there, Shan? Big morning for I Canadians. Do. Yeah, uh, big morning for... Are you ready to do it before we uh, give away some tickets here? Let's do it. Uh, hit it, GVP. Welcome back uh, to the Wimbledon report. Now, listen, <laughs> yes. I understand. I've been I've been saying yesterday that the, the weather was getting nicer. It rained again yesterday. Uh, so we, we had a backlog that today is finally getting resolved and uh, Milos Raonic, he he was one of the only Canadians that played yesterday, but I missed the match, so I figured let's just ask him directly if he uh, if he won. Another game for Milos. Okay, another yeah, game for he Milos. Goes, uh, he uh, go. he got the win. He is playing right now against the 16th seed uh, Tommy Paul, uh, down five three in the first set, and also yesterday Carol Zhao she dropped her first round match against Tamara Korpach, so she is out uh, today. Bianca Andreescu she finally had her first round match today against Anna Bondar, and she won. Uh, in three sets, we go over to Denis Shapovalov in the second round. Uh, he beat Gregoire Barrer in straight sets today. So uh, he advances. Rebecca Marino versus Irina Begu. Uh, Rebecca lost in three sets today. And then Leila Annie Fernandez and the fifth seed, Carolyn Garcia. That one is live right now. Uh, second round, it's in the first set. All right. Uh, terrific stuff, uh, Shan. Uh, I don't know. if Are you going to do a Wimbledon report on location tomorrow? I, I I can, but I might be busy fighting everyone off. Okay, um, yeah, fighting the uh, dozens of people we're going to come over. No, I think we'll do a, a live Wimbledon report from the Stampede uh, Parade Trail tomorrow, or route. The route, yes. Okay, yeah, let's do that. All right, sounds good. Yeah. Um, we got tickets uh, to give away to the uh, all 10 days of the Badlands Music Festival. Um, some of these acts are very familiar to some of our listeners, some not so much. But uh, there's some big names coming, and you have a chance to win tickets to all 10 days which is super fun and super exciting. Uh, we've been asking you, in honor of uh, Michael Stone hanging him up after 12 years in the NHL, a laser rocket, super heavy shot. We're asking you a 960-960 name and location. Michael Stone's shot was harder than blank. Uh, Julian, I'm going to put some big responsibility on you this morning. Oh, boy. We're going to put it in your hands to see who's going to be the winner today. Oh my God. So you got to be writing down the names and locations of these texts that you like. Well, I have a pen and a paper handy. Good. So you will be, uh, you'll be determining the winner of today's contest. Sure. Okay. Of the tickets. I'm up for the challenge. Um, Texty McTexterson, of course, is quickly becoming the number one personality on sports. The fan. Um, He's our text reading robot. He's all lubed up and ready to go. Texty, what do you got for us? Scotty and Cochran, harder than slurping a jello shot out of those stupid paper cups. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, Scotty. 
Ooh, it's Jello shots. Watch out. Yeah, you just got. You got sucked that thing. Yeah, you got sucked that thing down. Yeah, I know what you have to do with. Yep. Crazy Jello shots. Oh, it's getting wacky. Y'all actually clipped that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll gonna, take grape. That's going to go and play for the week tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, as soon as I realized that was starting, I was like, oh, we're going to get clipped. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No. It's, yeah, it's great. Um, Jello shots. So so zany. So crazy. Dollar a shot. <laughs> and they never get sold. And then I'll take the whole tray for $5. Sold. All right. All right. What else we got? Hit me. Candace in Airdrie. Michael Stone's shot is harder than blue steel. Mm, that's a good. That's a good reference. Zoolander. Okay. To Zoolander. Yeah, okay, I like it. Hard. I like that, Candace. Chris from Calgary. Michael Stone's shot is harder than a car's windshield to a jilted ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love the callback. See, that's why you have to listen to the six o'clock oh, portion yeah. of the program. Yeah. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. Don't forget your favorite podcatcher. Again, total coincidence. And if you listen back, you'll find out what the hell I'm talking about. Jordan in Calgary. Michael Stone's shot was harder than my first, second, and third marriage. Oh, jeez, Jordan. <laughs> I guess third time was... Three of them thanks. I guess, I guess third time wasn't a charm. No. Maybe that was the, the rationale. He's like, ah, first two times, but you know what? You know what they say? Third time's a charm. <laughs> Not so much for Jordan. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe uh, again, I don't want to influence Julian too much because he's going to be the ultimate decision maker in all of this. Yes. Maybe I want to give the tickets to Jordan so he can find a fourth wife. <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe maybe the Badlands Music Festival, maybe he finds Mrs. Jordan number four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah get divorced number four, too, while <laughs> yeah. you're at it. Hey, I look at the, I look at the world. I look at the glass half full. <laughs> Clearly you do. Not, not half empty. All right. Tim in Calgary. Harder than Daryl Sutter was on Mikhail Backlund and his ranch hands at the Viking Ranch. Ooh, okay. damn! He, ranch hands. He does have hard hands. I shook his. Ha- I shook Daryl's hand once. It was an awkward, like left-handed shake. <laughs> oh, it was pretty left-handed hard. shake. Yeah, it was kind of weird how it got to that point. But did you give him the wet salmon? <laughs> what is that? A wet oh, salmon yes. is where you just give it to him and you just you're just Ew. totally with the flimsy. Julie, look at my shake. hand. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah just give him the wet salmon. I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things where he was just kind of walking out. He was randomly shaking media members' hands, and his, his like left hand like kind of came out and out of my left oh, hand. Yeah, it just kind of just like a weird like awkward shake, and he just walked like shaking off. the queen's hand. I just I couldn't believe it because I just didn't expect him to do that. But just in that moment, we're just shaking each other's left hands. So you didn't give him the wet salmon? Is that what you're saying? I really don't know if I did or not. You know, you know the proper way to shake a hand is. With your right hand, and you look at them in the eye. Well, it's web to web, three pumps. That's a very interesting. I might try that. Yeah, web to web, three pumps. And I like that you make eye contact. Well, that's what you're <laughs> supposed to do. Never lose eye contact. Never. 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 Brad in Calgary. Michael Stone's shot is harder than a test you never studied for. A frozen pizza in Antarctica, and a punchline from a dad joke marathon. It's so tough even Chuck Norris would take a step back and say, now that's a kick. So tune in to witness the thunderous power on the ice, because Stone's shot is unquestionably harder than locating a parking spot at the mall during holiday shopping season. I like Brad. That's a little uh, too long for me, man. It was wordy? It was very wordy. There was like four or five different things like he was it. trying to bring it up. A pizza in Antarctica? That would be cold. That would be cold, but like, pick one. Yeah. Pick one. Okay. Sorry, Brad. Kyle from Red Deer. Michael Stone's shot is harder than getting a new arena. Ah! Ah! <laughs> He's not wrong. 
damn, that's pretty good. That's again, pretty good. Again, Matt, what does Matt Rose always say? Until I see a shovel in the ground. Yep. I mean, yeah, he's right. I'm like he's I, right. I, it's gonna happen, right? I I believe it's gonna happen, right? Like again, again, no, no, I, I, it's gonna happen. Uh, do we have I any think. more? I think. Oh yeah, we got oh, we lots got more. Yeah, we got t- there's there's literally dozens of text messages. So, like, there's what probably I, I have seven here that I've grabbed left to run through. Yeah, there's there's a ton of text messages on the because there's a whole bunch of people that text while we're doing this, and it's harder for me to grab it. And yeah, of course. Like, but he tries. Yeah. yeah, of course. He's only one man. Yeah, he can only do so much. Yeah. Okay. All right. What else you Dale got? Dale in Calgary. Michael Stone's shot was harder than grade three. Okay. <laughs> sorry, Dale. I didn't, sorry, Dale. I didn't think grade three was particularly that hard. Was Dale, it? Dale thought it was. What was the hardest uh, grade in elementary school for you? Oh, man. I mean, when, when did it get five? Real? Yeah, five? five and six was pretty tough because at that point you're trying to prepare to go to high school. Yeah, yeah. or sorry, we middle junior high. school, five, five junior a, high for everyone else. Yeah, five is a good call. Yeah, five, five is pretty. I didn't go to pretty, middle school. I went elementary school was grades like one eight, sure. and then one high to school eight. Yeah, there there was there was a school that did like six seven eight, but I went to a school where L, it was like kindergarten to grade eight was all in the same building. Okay, because mine is uh kindergarten to grade six, and then high school is grade seven to grade eleven. Yeah, we, we had and K then we to, have CJAP. We had K to nine, but elementary is K to six, and then middle school, junior high, seven, eight, nine, mm. high school, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, it's all the same crap, though. Yeah. We all went through all the grades. Yeah. And now look at us waking up at 4.30 in the morning to go do radio. Woo! Bingo. All right. Yeah, high school is grade nine. Yeah, grade five, I think, was a good one. Grade eight was the best year. You like grade eight? Grade eight was fun. Grade eight was okay. Yeah. All right. Nobody That's cares. from Aspen. Michael Stone's shot is harder than still getting beat at wrestling by my dad, even though he's now 65 and retired. <laughs> is it Craig from Wait. Aspen? Yeah. Okay, Craig, there's so many questions. <laughs> Do you and your dad get oiled up, Craig? Before you wrestle? wrestle? <laughs> How does your dad approach you about wrestling? Or do you get him? <laughs> yeah. Do you want know cosplay as actual WWE is wrestlers? It in, is it in the movie? Have you ever seen Hot Rod? Hell yeah. With, yeah. Uh, Love Hot Rod. <laughs> with Andy <laughs> Samberg. Is it that yeah. thing where he's going to wrestle him? I'm going to beat you this yeah, he time? He wants to beat his dad up. Like, is that how it works? It's like, oh, today's the day, Dad. I'm going to beat you in wrestling. Yeah, and what kind it. of wrestling? Arm wrestling? Amateur wrestling? Greco Roman wrestling? Yeah. I don't know. Pro? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Backyard? As long as as they safe. (laughs) All right. Colin in the core. Michael Stone's shot was harder than finding the one-armed man who killed my wife over hiding the devastating side effects of Devlin (laughs) McGregor's Privazic, all while being pursued by the relentless U.S. Marshal, Deputy Samuel Gerard, and clearing my name. Damn right. Excellent. Provasic. Excellent. <laughs> That's an excellent text. What movie is that, bro? Fugitive. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the Fugitive is my favorite movie. You've never seen The Fugitive? No. Dr. Richard Kimball. God. Harrison Ford. <laughs> Incredible movie. I You're going to go home it. and watch The Fugitive. Okay. It's, on, it's probably on TV right now. It's probably yeah, on it, TV. It's honestly. probably running its indication. That's pretty good. That's basically. Um, am I allowed to say which ones I'm leading towards right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got four more. Of course to go you can. To. Okay, because because Colin from the core that one. Even if I haven't seen it, that's pretty good. It's on. I, the, it's on Amazon Prime. I could check yep. that out. Yep. And I really love the arena one from Kyle. Those are like the two. I'm really Scotty from Cochran is in third place with the Jell Shots one. Five to go. Neil from Calgary. 
Michael Stone's shot was harder than Johnny Goodrow trying to make good excuses why he didn't want to be in Calgary anymore. Ooh, that's a little salt on that one. Mm, still yeah. salty. It's still salty, clearly. Give me another one. Gary in Calgary. Michael Stone's shot is harder than Fabio's nose after riding a roller coaster and taking a seagull to the grill. Oh, yeah. Mm. But has he been Never hanging for three hours upside down, though? This actually happened, Julian. Oh, my God. Fabio took yeah, a seagull Fabio, to the Yeah, he, he was on... Uh, <laughs> we, we talked about this. It was a bit dirty. Yeah, it was a bit... Like I don't know how we got into it. No, we talked you about know, birds. You, yeah, I, talk, I'm the one who brought it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah, because there hit. was a bird who got killed, yeah, and then there was, the, there was the pigeon... <laughs> That got uh, like eviscerated at the r- roller coaster at Canada's Wonderland, yep. and my favorite part of that news story was the the condition of the pigeons unknown. Yeah, it exploded <laughs> on the guy's face. <laughs> like I'm sure he didn't make it. <laughs> and then Fabio on the, this was years ago when he was yeah. still the you know the Italian heartthrob that he is continues yes. to be yes. on covers of romance novels. Mm. He still can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> uh, he took a he took a he took a seagull right to the beak. Oh, yeah. Like he was on a roller coaster. It was like the first ride, and he was like the celebrity. Right up and front. the thing hit him right in the face, oh and he was God. busted open. <laughs> it's like my beautiful face. <laughs> my beautiful yeah, that actually <laughs> happened. <laughs> Give me one another one, please. Aubrey yeah. in Marta Loop. Michael Stone's shot was harder than the dead Montan Esky Elks winning a home game. Oh, dang. That's tough. That's pretty tough. Give, yeah. me, an- give me another one. Jack in Red Deer. Harder than explaining your browser history to your grandmother. Mm, that's a tough one. Yeah, your grandma's not going to understand anything that you're saying. Mm. What's happening with those step people? Anyway, continue. <laughs> continue. <laughs> Last one. Amber in Calgary. Stone's shot was harder than trying to get my husband to open up in therapy. I think he's a <laughs> robot. <laughs> okay, I like that one. Okay. There's uh, candidates. Okay, all right. So, um, okay, so I'm picking between Amber, I'm picking between Colin, and I'm picking between Kyle. That last one was really good. You want to hear him again? Yes, please. Here's Kyle. Kyle from Red Deer. Michael Stone's shot is harder than getting a new arena. <laughs> okay. Colin? Yeah. Colin in the core. Michael Stone's shot was harder than finding the one-armed man who killed my wife over hiding the devastating side effects of Devlin McGregor's Privazic, all while being pursuing by the relentless U.S. Marshal, Deputy Samuel Gerard, and clearing my name. Amber. Privazic! Excellent text. Yes. Amber in Calgary. Stone's shot was harder than trying to get my husband to open up in therapy. I think he's a f- Robot. <laughs> All right, which one? Okay, uh, the winner is. Uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, you know what? For creativity, I will give it to Colin. Okay, Colin. Can, Colin in where? Calgary. Yeah. Yes. Colin, Colin Calgary. And from the core. The core. The Michael core. Stone's shot was harder than finding the one-armed man who yes. killed my wife over <laughs> yeah. hiding the devastating side effects yes, of we. Devlin McGregor's Privazic. Yeah. It was all while being pursuing by the relentless yes. U.S. Marshal. Deputy Samuel, Samuel Gerard, Gerard. Thank you. And clearing my name. Yes. Provasic. Provasic. Great job. Um, congratulations, Colin. Uh, you won tickets uh, all 10 days. You won tickets to all 10 days of the Badlands Music Festival. Awesome stuff. We're, we're giving away this prize again tomorrow. You and I will be on location yes, at sir. the uh, parade, uh, parade route uh, for the Stampede Parade. Come say hi. You have to get through our muscle shan first. Azam will also be muscle. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. well, there's a lot of security. Yeah, yeah because 
super I hard guess, eye roll. I guess people try and actually get to where uh, you guys will call it, and people try and get in there to yeah, and watch the, the parade. And, okay, yeah. And oh, mess with okay. Things. So that's why they yeah, got nobody oh. cares that we're there. No, they just try to sit yeah. there and watch the parade. But you're not allowed. Uh, what do you got coming up in Mucho Big Show? Uh, big Show Plus, more Big Show, uh, Big Show Hour 4. Justin Dunk, Three Down Nation. Oh, okay. Do a little week five preview. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you got on replay? Which one are you doing? We're going to do fl- our Flames chat that we had. Uh, the one after the conspiracy theory and the one a little bit uh, about Michael Stone. Do you want me to talk about where COVID came from again or no? We'll do We'll save that for tomorrow. We'll do that tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> we'll, uh, look at, we'll look at the chart. Because it came from a we'll bat. We'll look at the chart. We'll pick up our favorite... Sure uh, science-driven conspiracy theories, and we'll yeah, we'll come okay. back and explain. We'll do that. A bat, sure. Uh, okay, uh, that's it for us. Uh, we'll touch it tomorrow. Bye.